0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Techonomics this week. I'm Jake, an analyst, writer, and engineer currently working in fintech.
1: And I'm Arun, an investor, educator, and product leader currently working in the autonomous space. And this week, we're talking to no one. We don't have a guest this week. Jake, how are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. How are you? How are you? I guess I am your guest. Are we good. each other's guests? Is that how this works? I don't know.
1: I guess. We're going back to our
0: roots. Yeah, yeah, we are. What was it? We've had a guest every single episode since episode five, I think, of of our entire catalog, which means season one, episode five was the the first guest we've had.
1: Yeah, I think it was Brian Shee, right? Brian Shee,
0: yes. Yeah. Talking about gaming. Yeah.
1: And for people who listen, Jake and I want to do an episode with the two of us just talking about the year and talking about what well, has been like a wild year in tech and just macroeconomically, too. And you know, I think there's a lot to cover, and we've definitely seen some changes in the tech landscape. And for people who know, generally, this time of year for Jake and I, we sort of re- usually record our last episode for the season, and then we take some time off, and then we come back next mm-hmm. year. And it takes a while to sort of get a season together. We we could have left, I think, at the last conversation, but I didn't if for some reason. Jake and I have been talking. And the yeah, topics pull us back podcasts. in i think a little bit we i don't know we, we had to do something to send the season off it didn't like, the punctuation felt off given where we were in the tech world you know i think jake you know macroeconomics uh the market's always win macroeconomics always win and it certainly seems like they're winning <laughs> how do you how do you feel about everything like where we were at the beginning of the year and where we are at the end of the year just feel like different places Yes, very different.
0: How do I feel about it? I, I feel badly about it. I think a lot of people do. But I, let, me, let me dig a little bit deeper into maybe why I feel that way. You know, it's not news to everyone that the markets are taking a dip based on interest rate increases from the Fed and just generally inflation as a result and us being in a place where we are paying more for things that used to cost less and our markets are diving. But not only that, I mean, we're That's maybe more macroeconomically in terms of the the Fed tightening that we're seeing. But then on top of that, now you're seeing companies as a result making adjustments based on the information that they have about macroeconomic policy and, and the future outlook. And I think that that's where it hits home for me, which is, for those of you who don't know, I work at Stripe. And recently we announced layoffs, which is not news to hopefully most of the folks here. Where we're not the only company to to do that, and I won't talk about too much there. Other than I do think that Patrick and John and the memo that they posted publicly, that they sent to us internally, they did a very good job at, at talking us through this and getting Stripe to a place where the people that were impacted are very well taken care of, which is great, is at least as best we can. But it still doesn't feel great, and I think that that's where I'm sitting as as we're now trying to not only within Stripe recover from that, but many companies are trying to do the same thing. They're trying to do the best they can to project their businesses out uh, with very little information in a very changing landscape and they don't really have a path forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, before we get to layoffs and we get to the stripe, I'm going to just, I'm going to rewind a little bit talk yeah. offer some thoughts on the bigger picture, which is look, we just had too much cash in the world. We had printed so much and uh, uh, you know, with COVID COVID was only part of it. There, there have been, Twelve years since two thousand eight, where adjustments in interest rates were probably needed and didn't happen, and then and then you leave, then you go into COVID, then you go with you throw gas on the fire. Really, is the exactly. way that I, I think about it. Jet, jet fuel, yeah. And then at some point, the music stops, and the music has stopped. And I think most companies look; most companies are going to try to position themselves so that they don't miss out on an explosion right, if it happens. And yeah, which is exactly why you know. saw the
0: mass hiring. I mean, if you look at like Facebook's numbers, for instance, yeah. I mean, they're astronomical over the past four years. Where exactly. would they end up at? Like that... over 80,000, I think, employees, right, Meta?
1: I think so. Yeah, and, and I think for companies in a lot of cases, and I can't speak for every company out there, hiring and laying off is... You know, it, it's, I'm not going to say it's costless to them. It's less of a, an event for the company than it is for an individual person who gets laid off. Right. And, mm. and so it's unfortunate. It is business. These things happen. And, and, and look in the mass hiring and Jake, we were talking about this in the pre-production meeting. And by pre-production meeting in this case, I mean, when I called Jake makes it sound way fancier than it is. <laughs> it was, it was really funny. We, we, out of all the times we generally actually our pre-production meetings are usually pretty, pretty intense. Like we actually would, we have time set aside for them and talk about them. This is one of the cases where, yeah, Jake and I just kind of call like informally called each other and <clears throat> jumped on and decided to record in sort of like the lead up to this call. Let's call it that. There's a lot of great people on the market right now. And so if you're out there and you are looking. It's really not, it's, it's probably not your fault. I think there were some, sometimes you have early layoffs and a lot of times it's, it's companies like sort of like bracing for what could happen, but this time you're seeing entire programs getting jettisoned out of companies, and even a very well company, a really very well run company, a company like Stripe, even one that I admire, had to make adjustments to their headcount. and And I will say this as an outsider, Jake, yep. the the memo that Patrick and John wrote, I don't know. It's very strange that a company could lay off that many people. Executives would write a memo. I would read the memo and I actually think more highly of those executives afterwards than 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 before the events and before reading that memo and and obviously if you've been laid off it really doesn't matter what the memo says right but i thought that they did a great job of taking care of their people and trying to look out for people with especially in situations where there's immigration issues Mm-hmm. and and like things that are like a little bit more complicated i thought they did a great job and i guess for for john and patrick who i know are are super super avid listeners great job on 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 at least like taking accountability taking responsibility and doing your best to, to take care of people in a very difficult situation and the other thing i wanted to say is one thing that did get accelerated tremendously in this run up in tech and it's something i don't i hope i really really hope we don't lose was there was a sense that if we don't reach in to people that and places where we normally didn't go and get tech talent, we weren't going to be able to finish like staff the future. And I hope we don't lose that in all of this. I hope we keep our commitments to and to widening into places that you traditionally wouldn't look, and not just finding, making, right, investing. Yeah. And, and, and doing that. And it's, it's, it's something I really, really hope we don't lose in all of this. I think that's one of the great pieces of progress that have been made in all of this. And for me, for me, that was something that I was really, really happy to see. And I know you were too, Jake. I hope we don't lose that in all of this. Anyways. Yeah. My thoughts. Yeah. I agree
0: with everything that you just said, which is not surprising given that we talk about these things often, but yeah. I do think that there's one sentiment breaking us out of the kind of doom and gloom, and you know, thinking about the the individuals impacted and and the overall macroeconomic climate and and forecasting dips in in livelihood and and so on, which is from a data perspective and the company's perspective. If you look at some of the data, and I'm not saying this is right necessarily yet, given that the numbers that I'm pulling from are going to be from August. But the the unemployment rate in tech is still very low. We're looking at 2.2 percent, as far as reported in August, I believe, and that was after a mass amount of layoffs. Now, now there have been layoffs since then, obviously. Stripe being one of them, Meta being another, Twitter being another. So who knows as to when that will that bleeding will stop? But I do think that at least that provides a certain guidepost statistic for us to to look at. And the reason why I think that that's important is is that I, one thing that I'm trying to carve out as maybe an optimist in all this, and who knows if this is going to be correct or not. But I do think that there logically are tech roles that exist outside of the tech behemoths and outside of these companies that have had a large amount of layoffs where you might see a tech role in a company that's non-traditional tech. You could see government, you could see the the non-tech retailers, you could see other companies that are going to be able to now pick up this, this tech talent that has been centralized in these very San Francisco, Silicon Valley startup companies that have, have won over the years. And the reason why I think that that's an interesting thought experiment to play is because if that is the case and there are openings elsewhere, which you, you do see, right? You see everyone, Hey, we're still hiring. Hey, we're still hiring. Hey, we're still hiring, which is hopeful for everyone that was impacted. But you may see an interesting migration of talent from those large companies to these maybe smaller or non-traditional tech, non-tech forward companies that that you have tech jobs at. I'm curious to see over over the the next few months and next year or so how that actually manifests or, or not, because if it does, you actually might be able to see some. Interesting investments in areas that maybe we haven't been investing in before. Egg tech being one of them. The one being maybe some sort of retail, right? Or, or some, some other area of, of business that, that we traditionally don't think of as tech. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's a question of where, where, where are there margins that are still being made? Where is their money still being made? And then where, where can tech still be advanced? And that could be ag tech. That probably it could be retail, depending on how retailers decide to reconfigure. Yeah. After all of this, my 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 gut feeling is that retail is probably well, not retail the gets place hit by CPI. So because because yeah. It's it's not just it's not just that. It's like you know, if, if Stripe is saying, "Hey, e-commerce is slowing down," right? A lot of that is retail, right? So, I I don't know, but it don't look. The other thing too is you never know what the, what the what the the feeling. I guess it's not that you could go out and talk to these people. We just haven't. Um, you never know what the what's going to go on in those industries and how they see their own futures, right? So I'll give you an example. There's, there's cases where companies will just continue to invest in technology because they genuinely believe that's the long arc future. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they draw down a little bit, right? But maybe they change their projections, but they're still spending more. But these also um, might not even
0: be companies yeah. like forward investing, right? The ones that I'm referring to. It could be companies that have had roles open that they know that they've wanted to add talent to that have not been filled yeah. as a result of there being a labor shortage right?
1: yeah as, as somebody hiring for the last few months <laughs> a
0: little too close to home and,
1: and close to home in in, in 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 both good and bad ways right it was very frustrating to hire people earlier yeah. this year it was really hard and sometimes needlessly hard and it is it is sad and it's a little painful but some candidates have come back for for various reasons layoffs not not feeling like the startup that they went to is on solid footing and all of that and Look, it is a complex environment. One thing you hit the nail on the head is because, you know, look, I deal with students, right? A lot. Yeah. And they're wondering, like, okay, what did I do with my life? I've got to, I got to go interview now and like, there's a massive tech slowdown. And what I tell them is, look, you're fine. The, the amount of the, the layoffs they're big numbers but generally the people who have been laid off in most cases are not competing for the for the jobs that you you you're going after and the thing that you do need to consider is that the n number of jobs that you can apply to are probably smaller if like you say look things need to be built in this world and right. and and tech workers build them you know I, I would really say that and we can talk about this in the context of self driving where i think is it's the ultimate reconfiguration but I don't think that this is as much of a tech slowdown, or like what we're seeing, what we saw in 2000 was a crash and then NASDAQ taking 15 years to get back to that point. I don't think that this is what it is. I'm hoping I don't eat my words on this. We'll what get into I some think questions think later about,
0: <laughs> about things we've gotten wrong in the past season.
1: What about future things we're going to get wrong? Do we
0: have that? Maybe we're digging our own grave yeah. there. But we'll, yeah, 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 totally. No one can project uh, the future,
1: of course. That is true. Right. Look, there's, a, there's a quote that always sticks with me, Jake, about that very topic. There's a, there's an, he used to work at Oxford. I think he said Notre Dame. He wrote a book called Millennium, which was like the history of the last thousand years. It, mm. it was, it was a CNN miniseries. And his, the guy's name Felipe Fernandez Armesto was the, his, his historian. And he says the, the point of prophecy is not to predict the future. It's to prevent disaster.
0: That's a very good quote.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I was there. He came. He came to lecture in our class. Actually. It's very true,
0: right? Uh, yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, when you're pulling on on threads to try to predict the future, or at least hope via optimism that the future will will have a different outlook, <laughs> I think that that's a different story.
1: Totally, it's about shaping the future, not predicting it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, that's a very, very interesting way of looking at it. And I've always taken that that view. I'd love to get him on, Mister Mister Armesto. Professor, I guess I've already screwed up now because I've already used the wrong title. But Professor Armesto, <laughs> if you'd ever like to come on, please please reach out directly. I think we're going to see a reconfiguration in tech, right. and yeah, I think some of that's going to be just just you know, we're going down to like projects that probably have better bottom line outcomes, more like nearer horizon ROIs, things, mm-hmm. things like that. Money is more expensive, so. You know, those revenue pressures are higher. And Jake, if it's okay, I'm going to flip the topics. I know we wanted to talk about something. I'm just going to flip the order here and, and talk about self-driving next. And
0: yeah, it fits right in.
1: You know, a topic very near and dear to my heart. And we talk about reconfigurations and really what we're seeing in the self-driving industry right now is that look, there, there, it's, it's, it's really hard, guys. I don't know if anyone out there appreciates this, but when you try to get two tons of steel or in the case of a truck, 40 tons of steel to drive itself. It's really difficult it's really expensive, and this should not be a surprise to anybody and there's only a handful of companies that can sort of absorb that kind of cash burn and you're going to see a lot of companies that you know can't make it because either they're they're in the wrong configuration and the wrong config and the right configuration seemingly needs to be you're insulated by a large cash generating company that can Fund the effort for for a while, and if you look at like the Waymos and the Cruises, the Zooxes, uh, they they're kind of there. in that situation now. <laughs> and you start looking at a, you know some companies, and some of them are well, look they, they better get to a product quickly, otherwise you know they're going to find themselves in a fire sale. And like you start looking at the two simples, which I think is actually at risk of being de- delisted. You start looking at Aurora, a company near and dear to me. My back- of the envelope Matt says they have five quarters of cash left. Don't quote me on that, but there, there's definitely some, some thoughts there, right as to you know what their risk level is, and Wall Street clearly has a take on it, and it's not a great one. And the further out you are as a self-driving company from being insulated by a, from, by a large cash- generating company, the more you are at risk. And you know, if you look at Argo.ai, would shut down which as far as self-driving companies go, it's probably the one that I I may may have understood the least. But the, look, in terms of its ownership structure, it had sort of Ford and VW as people who had an ownership stake, they were their own entity. And what happened, Ford and VW sort of broke it up for parts and now have absorbed those functionalities. And Argo will live on, but primarily within large cash-generating companies. And the... The quest to deploy self-driving technology and deploy artificial intelligence in, in, in safety-critical applications, and 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 really, the, the the other thing too is is when we're driving, the, when you're driving down the street in a self-driving car. Pedestrians have not accepted risk, and so people always—you can always say, well, you know, the space program lost people. Yeah, sure, we lost astronauts who so had accepted that risk, right? And it doesn't doesn't degrade their their sacrifice in any way, and what they did to sort of what they what they gave and the progress that they were trying to give that quest of progress they were trying to give for mankind. The phraseology might be off there. I apologize, but but a pedestrian walking down the street didn't accept risk for a self-driving car to claim their life. And look, we, to, to deploy AI, do it in a safety critical fashion and, and, and make it work and make it work in very complicated urban environments. It's going to take us a while. People have made a lot of promises. None of them have come true. And so we're going to be in this game for a while of making this tech work. And, you know, only so many places are going to be able to fund it. And that's what we're looking at right now.
0: Self driving is yeah. to me like the quintessential narrative arc of when you move into a time of exuberance, it makes a lot of sense, right? Everyone's pushing on the next tech frontier. You're trying to build out this thing that will will be the next thing, right? It will lower labor costs for transportation. It will, you know, increase safety in the long term if you have the, the numbers correct you know as as those consumers that you just mentioned if they're willing to take on that risk and when you go to the arc the second part of that arc which is the cash tightening the large business that needs to really uphold that business or it dies that's what we're in right now which is t- cash is tight which means money's more expensive which means that the companies that have the longer arcs to find product market fit and or revenue generation are going to Fall to the wayside. And even internally within companies, I'm imagining we're seeing a lot of that as well. Even if you look at the list of people laid off from certain companies and not the, the list of people necessarily, but the, but the teams that they were on, the functions that they had, you know, you're looking at different ML, AI folks. You're looking at, of course, recruiting, which gets hit every single time and some sales and GTM and so on. But like, you're looking at this this sort of subsection of tech that's getting hit harder in my opinion because they're working on the things that are the next frontier that aren't generating revenue that aren't the the quarter or two out to really show show positive revenue gains from from that investment. And so that's where I think we are right now which is on that that last part of that arc and I don't know how you feel about that but that's that's the way that I look at self-driving.
1: It's like you have to take one more fold. So you're correct Jake but Self-driving takes one more turn in all of this that I don't think people necessarily appreciate, which is that even if the technology worked, we would lose a ton of money on every ride. Mm. So like, e- even if the technology worked, we couldn't make a business out of it in today's world. And the unit economics are, are not quite there. They will yeah. be. I mean, look, I've run the numbers. We right. can it get there. It will be at some point, it, it right? It takes time.
0: Profitability yeah, it, is a long it will way be at off. some
1: point. But we're still in research and development, and, and that's just the truth of it. And it's not just getting the car work; we'd still have to get the, a business made around it. And when you're when you're sort of like two degrees of separation from being a real business, and the and the technical risk is very large. Look, you're going to find yourself in a tough spot. Now, when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about passenger car trucking is a little bit different. You can actually make the unit economics work, but you know that's where we are. And, and look, it's really hard. It's really complicated, and it's safety critical, and it's really expensive. And anybody thinking that you could just burn a bunch of cash in the short run and get there. The markets always win, and they—they they have won. This time with a the sledgehammer. the lives, yeah. They—they they claimed the lives of of many a self-driving company, right? And we'll have to see. Let's see. Let's see how these companies that are public right now play out and what well, happens. But it's 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 a shame. And I look. If anybody asks me, do you believe in in a self-driving future? The answer is absolutely. But what's the time timescale? And, and right. under what what methodologies are we using to ensure safety? And what are we? It's a it's not a yes no question. It is kind of like yes but there's all these things we have to think about to to get there and it's a w- yeah it's a when and it look it is a how right when and how do we get there and i don't think we we've really we don't really have a great answer on on either we're getting there we're getting closer yeah. look in all of this that i'm saying i know bloomberg on october 5th came out with this article that was like 100 billion dollars and self driving's gone nowhere and this clown over at bloomberg basically interviewed two people he he, uh, he interviewed uh, geo hot george hots Who has a huge axe to grind with the industry and they introduce, and then Anthony Lewandowski, who has a massive axe to grind with the industry and conveniently leave off the cases where progress has actually been made. Now, does that article ask some good questions? Yes. And do, does the self driving industry need to come up with some better answers? Absolutely. But to blanketly just say, like, have, have two people come out, say it's a scam and then have no, no sort of like counterpoint to that makes me feel like Bloomberg was looking for clicks there and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, th- those are Wait, so I didn't, kind of my thoughts on self. I didn't ahead? read
0: that article, but before you close out, why was it uh, Why was it attributed to being a scam? And then we can get into really what
1: maybe is okay. a scam. Okay. I can save it. I can save it. Cause, okay, yeah, because that, that's the segue I was going for, Jake. <laughs> Yeah. And I, like, why did, why George Hotz and Anthony Lewandowski say it's a scam? I don't know. They didn't think it was a scam when they were being paid lots of money to do it. So I, I don't know. George and Anthony can answer for their own opinions. It's not, it's not my job to, uh, speak for them. I don't want to. And I certainly don't want to be an apologist for anything they say. So you can read the article. It's uh, something, a hundred billion dollars, uh, self, uh, something Bloomberg self, self-driving, hundred billion dollars. Google it. You'll find it on Google. Yeah. <laughs> and you're. You're free to read it, but look. The, the real truth is, you go and talk to two people. Go, go look at Geo Hot's
0: Right, when you need a you need a that. bigger when sample size. George,
1: George, George, right. George. Look at look at Mr. hots's statements at te- at at TechCrunch Disrupt yeah. 2017. Ask me if that sounds like a balanced individual. And then Anthony's history, Anthony Lewandowski's history is very, very Googleable and very, very questionable. And go look at that. And then go ask: Is that are those two people that are those the two sole opinions that we should be judging an industry by? And, you know, look, you can get back to me. And if you happen to agree with Bloomberg, you know, feel free to send me an email that I won't read. That's the end of that.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. You heard it first. Okay. So should we, the segue is happening now, which is. Speaking of actual scams. Speaking of actual scams. Let's talk about FTX and crypto and we'll make our way back to to the layoffs and markets and so on. I'm sure as we kind of recap before we close out here today. But yeah, that, that
1: story is pretty wild. And it's not wild though. It's not wild, Jake. Look, there's a historical precedent for all of this. Well. And it was the savings and loan crisis in the 80s. Yes.
0: However, it happened overnight. And to one individual who is seen as this demigod of of, of some sorts, to multiple individuals labeled as the next J.P. Morgan, labeled as the, you know. next uh, Warren Buffett. The next Warren Buffett. Exactly. And now we're in this state where overnight lost 94%, I believe, of their net worth. Two companies, multiple, well, many more companies down in the trash as a result, based on really a scheme built on top of FTT coin and its value being propped up by this trading and collateralization
1: of, of margin trades on on FTX, using this as the the backing. It's really funny. Many people have tried to explain this to me, and I'd like to think I'm a pretty smart guy, Jake. And I just don't like it. Is it is convoluted enough that the only <laughs> thing I can basically say is he had he had he basically had corporate liabilities that he used customer funds to that's part of it he also uh,
0: created over... and and owned oh yeah the yeah. the liability right yeah or, or the collateral foresight liabilities right so like if you look at the balance sheet ftt as a coin which was propping up basically everything across his exchange because F- ftx was you know and i actually we, we could probably talk to tyler who would hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode and cringe but he would have more information on this than i do but the value of that as collateral was really propping up his businesses, right? And so, yeah. When-
1: and look, look, yeah, actually, one thing is season three, first episode, calling it now. Tyler's coming back. Right? <laughs> All right. Tyler's we, coming uh, back. We're going yeah. <laughs> we, to, we, he opened up season, by the way, he doesn't, two, he, he doesn't know this yet, three. but we will, hopefully, yeah, yeah, he's we,
0: listening and we, we can talk to yeah. him.
1: Professor Armesto doesn't know it either. And yeah. so it's just, it's just going to happen. I'm manifesting it. Anyways. The, uh, and,
0: and when, when that tweet came out from the Binance founder, that basically said, Hey, I'm selling. I think it was about $2 billion worth of FTT. It's, it's not worth it, causing a basically a run on the bank, but in a way that they were holding not just the assets at that bank, but that those assets that there was a run on were actually propping up collateral for other people's
1: trades. It's it, so, like the whole thing. It's, I'm, I'd be very surprised. I'm gonna be very surprised if all of this happens. And I told somebody, hey, I, somebody who's very, 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 very familiar with financial regulation, one of my close friends. I was like, it doesn't. It, I don't think anything here is illegal, but it should be. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm pretty sure this one might have crossed the line. Yeah. L- look, the the real truth is, we we saw this before. And it's when there's no regulation, people behave badly and that 's exactly what happened here, and not only that it wasn 't just s b f that uh, s b f that 's the initials, that that behaved badly Sam bankman fried is that the name yes look, you had v c firms that had no governance they wrote they wrote large checks didn 't have any governance. they had some advisory panel, but no board. The company was run by like ten roommates in the Bahamas, and uh, there 's a lot of blame to go around here yeah you got to uh, remember you, know, de- you got to remember
0: though this is all in hindsight right like we're the the lure. Of this company, right? The, or I guess the lore, however you want to phrase it, is that they were seen as like the next exchange, the next very trustworthy exchange, right? And because lore, you had.
1: It doesn't excuse shoddy diligence, it doesn't excuse shoddy no, 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 governance, no. right?
0: Absolutely. But again, in a, in a time of exuberance, right? How many times do you know of, of VCs throwing money into companies without doing a ton of that due diligence during those times?
1: No, I, look, I get it. I get it. Yes. And I get it in hindsight. It, it all seems clear. But look, the, the, the truth is, is that when those sums of money are on the line for a VC fund, they're, they're not paid for the quality of hindsight. They're paid for the quality of foresight. Right. And, yeah. and look, bets fail. I get that companies fail. Like there, there's, look, it is venture capital, right? It is by definition risk capital. The, the, the question I have is what, what does it say? What does it say about, yeah, about how how, how, no, but crypto. But even how, how is venture capital allocated in this world? I'll start looking at Elon's bid for Twitter. Look at the the texts that were sort of, uh, that that sort of came out yeah. of all of that. And people people backing a bid again, no diligence, no anything. It's just it's Elon, okay. And, and people willing to do that. And I I think that's one thing. I hope the one thing that I've had to relearn in all of this. And I hope that this is a lesson that everyone takes away from this. Is look, form your own opinions. Form your own opinions. And, and when it comes to sort of your processes and your standards for how things are done, you have to stick to your guns. Yeah. You know, what's, the as a, as yeah. what's the framework you put yeah, your investments through? And, and not only that, as a founder, like the investors, we put them through a process. And we've always said this at, at Model Prime. And, and I think it's true. And I rarely talk about, I think my own company that much on the podcast. At least I don't think I do. But, you know, like we've always said that the the bar for, financial partners and the bar for employees is actually right. the same.
0: Yep, and it should be. Right?
1: Yeah. They're both um, they're both investing so, in
0: the company, right? Whether it's
1: yeah, they're both investing in the company, finances they're, they're both or labor. parts of shaping the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they we 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 try, we put we we do due diligence on the reverse side right yeah. and look, o- always form your own opinions and i think look i've even gotten a little guilty of this in the last couple of years the exuberance and some of that i think there's been cases where like i have sort of put the cart before the horse a couple times and then like luckily i have enough friends that give me enough shit that you being one of them jake <laughs> that when i have a bad stance i i get, I get oh I get, man I, get, I
0: i'm not going to talk about it in this episode but there was that one time where there was an investment floated to us and i was just I was not into it. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah. Everyone else was no, pushing against I do.
1: me. Was I pushing against you?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Everyone was. Yeah. Okay. Or, or maybe okay. not actively pushing against me, but not kind of like, eh, you know, I think it's fine. You know, I'm like, mm, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. I really wish. Well, we didn't do it, did stuff. we? No, we did not do it. But I think
1: that was because yeah, yeah, I was so... like
0: over over the course of a few days, like.
1: So I, yeah, my sure. due diligence I mean, <laughs> but you, you look and you know the way things work at Interlake, we, we would never do anything unless all four people were <laughs> on board, right?
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, exactly. I mean, have we ever? Have, I mean, no, no, like, no. Look, generally, no, no, we have not. we're either we're either all in or we're all out, right? Right, And exactly. so I know one other fund that operates that way, by the way, uh, all four have to be in. Yep. And, so and if not, they're, they're all out. And I think, but for me, I've had to really rethink some things on my side. And some of that is where have I been sort of like forming opinions? That are not, you know, from my own research, right? Or from my own knowledge base. And really crypto is one of those places where I was relying on a lot of other people to tell me what my opinion is. Yeah. Was
0: heuristics. Doing. You were using heuristic yeah. just like the majority of people do when they invest because. You and, don't and, and, have and, the, time.
1: and the good news is Go I have, I have a wide, I have access to a wide range of heuristics and I have access to some great people. But you know, look, it could have ended very badly on my side too. And I really got lucky. At some point, my, my girlfriend just said, you have to stop doing this. Uh, and so I just exited crypto and that that was the end of it, right? If it had been a long drawn out conversation or long drawn out sort of thing, like I hadn't gotten sort of like an interventional kind of like event, like just saying that, like, I just didn't want to look at crypto markets anymore because I had other things in my, you know, (laughs) going on between founding a company and all these other things, like I probably could have, could have eaten, taken a huge L here. And so the, you know, I took, took a large section off the table and, uh, I got and look, it wasn't based on anything else other than just my mental energy being very low and and not wanting to deal with it anymore. And somebody vocalizing what I was already thinking. And but, yeah. there, but yeah. again,
0: like yeah. back to the heuristics conversation, right? That's by the way,
1: thank th- thanks, Doc.
0: <laughs> thanks, Doc. Yeah, you're lucky you have that in your corner, and I do as well, actually, which is fantastic. But people use heuristics all the time because who is gonna? First of all, not everyone knows how to read a balance sheet right just straight up not everyone knows how to do that if they were able to and then dig in long enough to go what is this FTT coin as as collateral that that they have on their on their balance sheet and why is it in this astronomical amount and then thinking two steps beyond that and going okay what happens if the price of this asset basically goes to zero that takes it's not just like looking at profit margins liabilities and and so on that's looking a step deeper under the covers and saying this thing is built on Basically, a made-up bean is what they're calling it, right? A, a a magic bean that we're using to to count whatever currency that they're using at the time. I don't know. I, I, yeah, we all need to be a little bit more. We have our due diligence, and I think it's very important. But I think it's this is one of those times where like the complexity of financial derivatives and tools is making it almost inaccessible, and then also causing danger into the market. And crypto is just making that x times worse.
1: Yeah, yeah and and look there there's there's questions of regulation, there's questions of volatility. There there's there's a lot here. There's a lot here and it's its own we're not going to tackle it we're not going to no. tackle the crypto question here but the FTX question I think we can we can all say we look there there we need to do something because this this is not this is not good. It's not right and you know, there I don't really I don't really know what else to say other than this sh- look any, if if you did this in any other situation it would be a no no right? It'd be well, illegal. Well, and it's, it's a question as to whether it's illegal now, but it shouldn't be a question. Like they, they, I hope yeah. people step in and, and, and just end this. I don't think we're going to um, argue that point for sure. I agree.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think like the, the last thing about, about this is, that I think is going to be an interesting fallout is what happens to the rest of the, of the crypto economy? Because really there's two separate types of people that are dealing in crypto. Maybe three one is the sort of like tech forward optimist that this sort of like financial independence from the current system and like the tooling that's made as a result is life changing game changing industry changing in in its own right then you have the second which is just you know a normal trader right someone looking at a new asset class and saying hey like i want to invest such get rich you know, whatever that is yeah and then you have the third which is people looking to pocket off of that in a way that is not in an unregulated market is is maybe a little bit easier than it should be. And so those three, if you take them, right, does confidence get shaken in the first, whereas techno optimists are are not as optimistic moving forward? Two, what happens to the sort of pour over from the crypto markets into retail markets? And then three is to your point, like does regulation start to really take fold and start to push those those number three players out, which is to actually create some regulation to make it not so easy to, to scam folks in this market. And so like, I'm, that's what I'm looking at is like those three kind of like sub segments and, and seeing how they, they interact in their own
1: right. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's right. And I think that there, there's questions, there, there's some big questions, I think, in, in the crypto sphere. And yeah. look, you, it's funny. Bloomberg will go write an article about how self-driving is potentially a scam. Go, go interview a couple people that, that, that just, that just have that view. Write an entire article on its great clickbait. The cryptosphere is riddled with scams. It is. And it's, it's riddled with bad actors and it's riddled with lack of sort of systemic checks and balances that allow some of these things to go on. I mean, look, I'm <laughs> one minute SPF's being compared to. To i have Bob a question though being compared to let's talk about sbf for a second to Madoff. let's let's Go let's ahead.
0: take let's take him for a second given that comparison sorry to cut you off but like was sbf was this ftx fallout a scam
1: or was it stupidity at some level they converge at, at some level at some level at some level it, some level it doesn't matter um, so I agree with that because the, of the, alcohol. the I agree I agree when the, when the when the action is so negligent and the harm is so wide whether it's a scam or whether it's whether it's 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 stupidity it does not matter is is the real truth of it and right, so, we're talking
0: outcomes but there is there is the what, what to be said about intentions of those outcomes now i'm not saying that we're we're going to ever able to be able to what what, that do you out. Mean,
1: what 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 do you mean what his intentions were look it's a company he's he's going to try to make money he's going to try to enrich right. himself and and if there's no framework and there's no governance for the company and there's no there's no regulation that tells him what he can and can't do yeah. and by the way the regulation just has to exist it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean he, he follows it or either. enforced but there but yeah there's, there's questions there too but when those things don't exist, like what do we, what does history tell us happens? It's, it's that people will do will do bad things, right? Mm-hmm. and it happens over and over and over again. And this time it's no different, and crypto's not special. guys I hate to tell you this: it's not just a bunch of people trying to make the world better. There are people actually <laughs> trying to enrich themselves in all of this, and not all of them are humanitarians. not all of them care about banking, the unbanked and all that oh, stuff. 100 percent 100 percent
0: 100 percent. but what about yeah. But we, we're talking a lot about SBF here, right? What about? Uh, I just, I just Indian dated the entire crystal crypto sphere <laughs> there. But we didn't, we, we're, did we're, we're, talk no. we're, we're talking about SBF right now. Okay. 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 I need to get this out. Stop making me laugh. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about SBF here, but really is the problem that he, he basically got rug pulled, right? By, by the co-founder of Binance, right?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's CZ. Is he, uh, right, messing exactly. with SBF. This, right. there's, 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 there's like some le- some letters here. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Easy. Look, he got SBF. he got rug pulled, but but look, if you mismanage, if you mismanage your asset pool and you leave yourself open to that, and there's this and it's, was my question. Tr- this was my question,
0: yeah, right? Of is it a scam or not? Because I agree with you, it was asinine, and there was no regulation surrounding this, right? And there was no governance to your point, but at the same time, like these things are also happening he's basically getting called right like he, he's getting called on and going oh okay cool well I'm going to basically make your life hell now again I, I I'm not necessarily pointing blame at any any of these individuals like clearly there was multiple layers here that I don't have enough information on I'm just projecting on what I hear right in the news but it is an interesting thought experiment which is like who is at fault I, we, we look, don't have to answer here I just get excited about it <laughs>
1: When, when, when there's that much money at stake, you know what your exposures are. Yes. And you must have known that this was, this was a possibility and ch- either chose to ignore it or didn't think it would happen or, 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 or. But look, I look, I'm the CEO of a company. I'm responsible for the decisions and, and I'm, I'm responsible for the outcome, whether I like that or not, Jake. And SBF is responsible for the outcome here. And, you know, I'll go back to this and I'll go back to the memo that John and Patrick wrote on, on the layoffs they said that we are responsible for all of the decisions that have led to this right. point and they're absolutely right and there's when when people take accountability for their actions it's it's so funny we 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 pro, we hold it in high regard but really that that's the truth of what they should be doing we see it so little that when uh when chief executive officers actually say hey look we we this outcome it wasn't great but look I'm responsible for it we hear that so infrequently that when we do hear it, we're we're actually we're I'm surprised maybe, or you mean or or whatnot? People haven't, yeah, yeah, and, and so even even Zuckerberg in his memo, sometimes I think he actually copied and pasted some of. John oh, memo. Uh, well, to...
0: I can't, I won't comment on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> i'll I'm, say it for you i'll may, say it I for you i'm gonna have to cut that uh I, i'm surprised i'm surprised there aren't some there aren't some parts of zuckerberg memo that say john and patrick <laughs> patrick and i or whatever i guess that's and a like, testament to like the
0: work done right it, it was very good and i think it did kind of no write, it was like it, it wrote it wrote a playbook for for larger companies to maybe totally. look at it and go point at it and go hmm Do that.
1: Uh, Agreed. 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 Well, tonally, tonally, like those memos are very, very similar. And one came out after the other. And you're always going to ask the question, but yeah, 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 we won't, uh, we're not going to
0: solve the world's problems here, of course, but we can comment on them and we have fun doing so. And hopefully people like listening to it. But I think, I mean, Arun, the, you know, we can yab on, on and on and on about this. We're, we're trying to really close up the season. And I think we're excited to do so. Unfortunately, had to be with some of these topics, but. Maybe we can spend some fun into this. And I know we always talk about hot takes, but I am looking to to maybe shift us towards maybe a different type of hot take this time around, which is us thinking through a few questions looking back at the season. And I've prepared a few. And if you have some as well, we can talk through those and I'll probably give my opinion regardless. So sorry about that. But let's do that. How does that sound? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Okay. So we had, how many episodes did we have this season? I think this is going to be our 10th, is that right? Season two. In season two, right? And I think we're going to be at, let's see, I think what, 20? 20, yes, 29 overall, which is not bad. Not bad. Not on, bad. On, not on. bad. Okay. So let's think about this past season. So the last nine episodes. And is there maybe a part of the season or a topic from the season or a conversation from the season that you really think about still frequently? as as hitting home for you and what was that
1: god just one mm. it's funny uh, i think the two that always that have stood out to me this season probably been when we had jake Panakulam on just because it, first of all just having two jakes on is hilarious objectively <laughs> secondly but just just bringing somebody from the self-driving space and, and all of that and somebody trying to decompose the robotic stack who you know somebody i'm uh something that you know, as a thesis kind of behind Model Prime 2 and and some other things. So that one definitely stands out to me. Tyler's episode, obviously, I don't I don't, uh, I don't yeah. think that there is any way that could not stand out to me. I, I'd say those two conversations c- quite quite specifically stand out. And then I guess like the other one that's in the background for for us, I think Mike Wagner over at Edge Case, um, because I think he in some ways understands. Whenever I say there's there's a lot of complexity in self-driving, it's not just hey the car is ready. There, there's there's a lot more to all of that. There's an entire process and tool chain and and other things. Even even just a even just a validated safety. He, he's one of the I think few people who really gets it end to end. And yeah, so call it call call it those. What about you, Jake? Oh
0: yeah, I mean. By the way, you you didn't stick to the rules of the question, so I'm gonna have to call you out. I asked for one thing you thought about frequently, and you gave Tyler, me three. you gave me three. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, I'll tell Tyler you think about him a lot after the season. <laughs> I'm just messing. Just hey, as it. long it's it's true, and I'm not ashamed of it. All right, perfect. I, uh, you know, and I don't want to play recency bias here because I did go on a on a bike ride with a, with this individual, but I can't stop thinking about battery tech. After our our episode with with Chiru on Mitricam,
1: you you hung out you hung out with Chiru and you didn't call me.
0: I did. You don't exist in on my coast, so you're you're over that, there.
1: That's well, I, I I didn't say you had to invite me, but you should have called me. Because, like, I don't know. <laughs> it was Whatever. in real life. Fine. Yes, Go, nice. But
0: no, I can't stop thinking about it because I think that if we look at the, you know, if we're going to talk about an industry that has legs right now and is in an arc of like new tech forward, but also generating cash as businesses, the electric vehicle market is one of those. And I get excited about that as this sort of mass optimization as we're moving into that by both creating cheaper vehicles for, for mass adoption, as well as for improving battery efficiency over time. And I just, I think that that is what a key point in in time to be having those types of conversations, given how far forward we've come on the electric vehicle adoption. So I'm looking forward to to seeing more of that. And that that was one of the things I just, I can't stop thinking about.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think the work that is doing, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I always think that the, would you say it was electric? (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll leave the buzz to you. I did become a dad uh... this season as well. (laughs) I just um, derailed a room. You know,
0: that was perfect.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not often I don't have something to say. Um, <laughs> I think anytime you start to see software eat an in industry, right, right? It's very interesting. And I think Chiru's in that space now, and yeah. like he's he's kind of leading the frontier for sort of like the use of ML software right. in battery development, right? And I think uh, there's there's it's funny. I was at Roscon in Japan. Yeah, Not too long ago. And it's funny because I was sitting with, uh, CEO of another robotics company that I won't name, uh, just because not for any reason other than I don't know if they making, making private conversations public is not necessarily maybe the best thing to do. But the really what we were sort of saying was robotics it, it, like right now where it is, uh, forget self, self driving is a weird inversion in the robotics market where through dollars and force of will, we have actually gotten as far as we have, but the rest of the robotics market is still, I wouldn't, is still very early. And there's a lot of opportunity there, and I, th- I kind of think that for the, the industry that that is into there, there's a lot. There's a lot. It's a it's a frontier. I know people. I know batteries have existed for a long time. The way robots have existed for a long time, but what is the next iteration I was for say those two industries? And incremental yeah.
0: value too, right? Yeah, you can have a 10x improvement. It's and so on. That's great. Like when you hit that, but also there are like very much like just next step pieces of technology that should exist to improve margins and i'm yeah. looking forward to that
1: yeah. yeah okay what else we got jake
0: yeah are you ready for your next question i'm excited about this one hopefully you've thought about this one a little bit but we'll see is it about tyler it might be. then i definitely thought about it, it. might be. We'll see. okay <laughs> something you got wrong <laughs> what's something you've got wrong during this past season or maybe not wrong but you look oh, back gosh. on and you're like yeah. maybe i shouldn't have said that
1: yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I, I think I, I mean, there's, there's, there's two that come to mind, but I think like at one point I had said on the season that I would not get into a self-driving car and fall asleep. And I think Jake came on and he said he would. And I that got goaded into cool. the idea that I might. Right. Yeah. And, and I think I'm going to go back here and just say it's kind of, I think I should maintain my standard there. Look, I, I don't think that there's a self-driving car in the world today that I would fall asleep in and just let drive me. Would I get in one? Absolutely. Would I feel confident to fall asleep in? No. And I think that that's something that like, I don't know, if I had to go back and tell you why I said that, I have a very tough time. I think I'd have to go back and listen to the entire conversation to lead up to it and some of the context around it. But I don't think I should have said that, said it that way without putting some brackets up in front of it, the way I had now, maybe on a closed track or something like that. Sure. I think I'd also said on a closed track, I wouldn't do it. But I think that that opinion has shifted. But, and it also depends on who and what is the safety process around it and a bunch of, it's, it's not a clear cut question. But look, I think when it comes to self-driving technology, we should still be cautious, cautiously optimistic, but cautiously cautious too. And so the, uh, yeah, I'd say that's the thing I got wrong. And I'm pretty sure if I go back into crypto, if I, if I had go back into those conversations, I, I actually kind of dread re-listening to some of the episodes, huh. especially, I guess. Uh because like you know, I feel like oh my god, I said that. But that's part of to, to use a Jake Buzzword, that's part of the vulnerability of the podcast. That's
0: exactly right. Uh, Organic vulnerability. Uh, there, I just yeah, that's right. There, yes. <laughs> Give the people what they want, Arun. Give the people I, yeah, what they want.
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing one day, I'm gonna walk down, <laughs> I'm gonna walk into Whole Foods, and I'm gonna see Dano brand, No, like Scandinavian yogurt, and there's gonna be two words like organically vulnerable. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Although That's I don't know how you pick Scandinavian
0: bus. yogurt as like the thing that I would that I would create as a as a consumer package good.
1: Yeah, I, well, we can we can talk about where you go in that sector <laughs> on the next episode of Technomics, The yeah, and so I'd say that, and I'm pretty sure some of the crypto stuff. You know, look, I think if I look back on it, I've got I've gotten it wrong. I'm sure I've said something about crypto on here that probably would need more thought. Mm. but that'll be one 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 a and one b what about you jake i do think that there were
0: a couple of things in the episode that we did with andrew yates and everything is an ad and i think that there were a few things that i talked about around the ad industry and and really talking about his offering and i was peppering it with some pretty hard questions and and I think after taking another listen to that episode, first of all I thought that was a great episode. I thought I learned a lot and that was another thing that I really think about a lot which is everything is an ad. When you think about the way that for ad, sure. ad tech and, and ML works for for feeds. But I think that there was a few points in there that I, I really got wrong. And I think that Andrew did a good job of bringing me over the wall.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think the the thing I'd say for anybody look as a podcast host as a look even as a as a as as you know, in my role at, at Carnegie Mellon, but look, I don't get it right 100% of the time. It's it's impossible. The, the landscape's shifting, opinions shift, the data points you get. Sometimes you get three data points and then you get three more, right? And we do, you can only do your best to form opinions with the data that you have. We can go out there and try to get people that know more than we do, which is historically what we've done. But, you know, it, you know, it, opinion, you know, opinions and things like that. And then what we, what we sort of, you know what we do on the podcast. like it's like baggage in in a flight. It, it, it tends to shift, <laughs> right? Let's,
0: let's let's talk about the the two Forbes covers, right? The Forbes four hundred or something like that. Oh, Did you yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. As well as Elizabeth Holmes from I Yeah, saying, I, I just let, let's know, like a quintessential example. You can't always get it right, and sometimes you just really get it wrong. And you know
1: they didn't. Yeah, know. and I'm sure I'm sure as time goes on, there'll be other things that we get wrong too, and the
0: you know, we've probably gotten the game. Some, we've probably gotten some things wrong in this episode already after talking through the FTX story, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. But hey, it's you know, fun, it's fun, you know,
1: yeah. It's fun, and and look, that's all we really set out to do on this podcast. For uh, I'm getting, I uh, getting, getting a little nostalgic. Oh, you're getting uh, sentimental on me you know, right now. I love it. No, no, I said nostalgic, not sentimental. Nostalgia is technically a disease. the The thing is, look, when Jake and I started this whole thing, it was just kind of like let's hang out and have fun and do something we really like to do and that was really it that was really it i don't know if we had grander plans than that i was writing a you know, news newsletter and uh, yeah and we i think we've seen what this has come all into it's it's something it's been exciting okay do you, Do we have any more on your list of games have, games of questions we have
0: one more quest- question and yeah. then i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna end us and i'm gonna i want to talk about the next season so let's, You're let's... end us
1: jake <laughs> after all we've been through
0: <laughs> i'm gonna end season two is that better Okay, so what was the funniest moment to you out of this last season? Let's end on a high note.
1: I'm pretty sure when we play this... We played this episode back. I imitated my dad for a second. Oh, that was so Uh, good. (laughs) (laughs) So I I broke a frontier there because I don't think I've ever done that on a recording before. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think, I think I may have, (laughs) there may be some recency bias there. And that's the only one I can think of. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good Uh, one. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to dip into one. I'm going to dip into one. I'll save you. I'll save you from yourself. No worries. I think in the Lindsay episode, the last one we did, I was. Re-listening to that episode oh, and, and just cracking yeah. up, I feel like you and me going down this sort of like very vulnerable, <laughs> very like self-deprecating path of of yeah. showing the world what our troubles are. I thought it was funny on the episode as we like brought Lindsay in to basically have her be our our pseudo therapist for a session and have the whole world here. I don't know. That was, I think, the the funniest and probably the most fun moment that I've had on the on the show in a while. So I'll leave it there.
1: Yeah, I learned a few I, things actually, too. There, there's no- there's another part of that Lindsay episode that no one heard because what happens is we hit, we, we stopped hitting record in that episode and then Jake, Lindsay and I ended up having this conversation that went on for like an hour afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. And the only yeah. thing that we could think during that entire time was, damn, we, should, we shouldn't, we should we shouldn't have hit, we shouldn't have hit stop, right? We learned uh, our lesson,
0: which is not, to not stop, you know, and, is, and is certain people yeah. feel comfortable with that and certain people don't, but they, everyone gets to listen to it before we publish it. So it's fine.
1: Yeah, and but before I guess we end for season two, I'll be at Buffalo Startup Week Friday the 18th on a panel with Nate, who who was who who yeah. came who, who came out who's yep from Newstack and some some other friends, and so I'll be I'll be out for that. So for anybody who is listening and wants to wants to attend that panel, that's a thing. And yeah, everyone go. That's a season.
0: That's the season. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now I get to say a few words, which is. Go ahead. First of all, thanks, everyone, for listening and hearing Arun and I banter and, and have guests on. And again, our hope is that everyone has fun and learns something and hopefully take something with them after each episode. But this season was a little bit shorter than the last one. And I think as we look to, to the next season, season three, Arun and I are really excited about some of the guests we already have lined up. But I think the other thing that we really want to mention is that we're looking to have a lot more fun with the next season which means that we are going to put a little bit more effort and maybe have a little bit more time in between seasons this time around and so we don't know what that timeline looks like yet sometime probably in the early new year next year we'll have the next season of technomics episode 30 and we're we're looking forward to it so once you are subscribed and or have signed up for the newsletter we will send that out to you at the time and you'll be able to hear us banter once again
1: And just to be clear, we are doing season three.
0: We are. All right. We're doing season three. Do you want to do season three?
1: I I can't wait for season three. (laughs) I I, 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 I don't even want to end season two.
0: No, I'm like, was I, NCAA was NCAA I NCAA 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 not NCAA. clear enough? No. Yeah, we're a little, we're both a little tired. We have, I think everyone's getting back into the real swing things. We didn't we didn't even get to to touch on return to office as a topic today, but uh, that's a big God, one. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe we can talk about Day that next time. Three. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, we're we're both a little tired. Holidays are coming up. We're looking forward to spending some time with our family and friends, and yeah, we're gonna take a little bit of a break over the next couple months. So be on the lookout. Hey everyone, Barun and I are extremely grateful to have you as a Techonomics listener. As a reminder, the views expressed in the content of this podcast or anything linked in the newsletter, website, posts, or posted in social media or other platforms are that of our own and are not the views of any person, company, entity, or even any related affiliates. The content is not directed to any investors or even potential investors. It does not constitute an offer to sell or is a solicitation of any offer to buy any securities. It may not be used or relied upon in evaluating the merits of any investment. Thank you.